0: And welcome back to Two Guys, One Lightsaber. We're back in the Star Wars galaxy from far, far away. Episode 6, Revenge of the Lucas. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Ron, um, I'm excited. You know, it's May the 4th this past Monday of this time of recording. And we finally got more stuff to talk about with Star Wars. Uh, I finally finished Republic Commando. Damn, that game is so good. And then Bad Batch came out like two days later. Oh. Plus, we're going to also be talking about George Lucas's planned sequel trilogy. And I sent you uh, the Vader comic ending or not ending, but the, this 11. certain part of Vader, because I, yeah. I know you don't read a lot of the Star Wars comics, right?
1: Uh, I dabble in it a little bit, but I'm not a avid reader of them. OK,
0: definitely. If you're going to read Star Wars comics, always stick with the Vader ones. They're always the best. Shocker.
2: Uh, especially since
0: like uh let's dive into that real quick so this certain uh issue of vader comics is taking place right after empire strikes back and vader is livid and trying to figure out what his next move is after he just had his duel with luke um you get to see him go to exical he's been on this long war path maybe we'll do an episode talking about this whole issues once you uh read every comic or watch it on youtube But pretty much what you're going up to is Vader's been getting tested by Palpatine by his loyalty. He had his lightsaber taken away from him. He got pretty much beaten to a pulp and he had to rebuild his body using droid parts. So that's why, like in this comic, you see him having like a super battle droid arm. He literally took that off a droid and put so he could have a new arm and he had to find his lightsaber and all this stuff. And he had this special assassin that Palpatine liked fighting him this whole time and setting up traps. So when he finally gets to Exegol, uh, I I wanted to get your opinion on this because so far our Nights Old Republic episode seems to be the most beloved. He literally walks into like this carving on the wall that says that like has Darth Nihilus, Revan, Malik, Sion, and Treya all on here.
1: I wish they would have done that when they went to Exegol in episode nine.
0: They were supposed to, but they decided not to shoot that scene.
1: Well. Who is it? Ryan Johnson that did that?
0: No, episode nine was JJ. So it goes JJ, Ryan Johnson, JJ again. It was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow. And um, Colin Trevorrow's episode nine script was way better than what we got, Definitely. If you uh, ever want to look it up, it's, um I believe it was uh, Planet Sunday that did a live action animation rehab. It's like five to eight, I think it's like five to seven minutes long. But they animated Colin Trevorrow's script of what the movie was supposed to be. And I'm like, that's already better. Like Ray was gonna be blind. She had a double bladed lightsaber. Yeah, because Kylo Ren was gonna blind exciting. her. And you're gonna yep. see Kylo Ren uh go up against this like spider like uh Sith. this dark force like like you know how there's like dark um creatures side creatures. Yeah. He was gonna suck the life out of this dark side creature, and that's how he got stronger. So uh, like there was yeah. stuff like that <laughs> when he went so. to Mustafar damn you jj uh,
1: abrams <laughs>
0: i know i know i i don't even play jj abrams i think they were just so scared after like how episode nine was so different is that they just went like uh we're just going to kind of like phone his in, bring in palpatine because kylo ren was supposed to be the bad guy throughout like he was not supposed to have a redemption
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i think that would have way better and it would have shown what anakin skywalker would have been like if he never lost his duel in mustafar
1: Right. So, yeah, we've talked about this This is what Next. happens when you have multiple directors on a trilogy, you lose all sense of direction.
0: Yeah. And it was not a set plan. And we'll definitely talk about that later on with what Lucas planned. Um, what mm-hmm. did you think about like how Palpatine kind of showed him and kind of like made episode nine that makes sense. But I kind of like how Vader knew about it 30 years prior to what Palpatine was doing on x
1: So literally in two pages of a damn comic book, we got more background onto what the hell was going on than we did in all of episode nine, which pisses me off beyond uh, like i i don't even have words how much that pisses me
0: off <laughs> dude uh i'm right there with you and they never said it but it's strongly hinted at that in a jar you have a hand floating who's the only person we know it, it can't be anakin's hand because anakin lost like a whole arm unless palpatine literally like decided just instead of having more of anakin he decided like oh we just need a hand don't keep the <laughs> arm but I'm pretty sure that's Luke Skywalker's hand from Cloud City floating in a chamber being used to make clones.
1: Yeah, uh, that's exactly what it's hinting at, and that's how he makes a bunch of Snoke clones, and he also makes a bunch of what seems like kind of Ren Knight-type clones, but they weren't Ren Knights in the actual comic book, but they were, like, I don't know, like Sith assassin-ish zombies that right.
0: powers. <laughs> they kind of remind me of what we run into and um, Fallen Order, like those special troopers. Yeah, like it could have been groundwork for that, possibly. Although that takes place beforehand, but like that's what he wanted to make, like more Sith Inquisitor kind of type soldiers. Mm-hmm. But I love how Vader just dispatches the shit out of them like immediately.
1: Yeah, he's completely like unfazed by their uh what they got the like the shock sticks that they're fighting with.
0: Yeah, like they put up a fight for like what ten seconds and then Vader just does what he does best, adapt and survive.
1: Yeah. And that then like a the... bunch of acolytes come at him with knives and <laughs> he takes the knives from him with the force and just shoves it right into all of them. I'm like, oh my well, god. Vader's when I a beast. saw it,
0: <laughs> when I saw that, I immediately thought again, Major Revolution Neo. Oh, for sure. And he just went Bop. Nope, y'all dead. Like y'all beneath me. Um, are you interested now? Like reading? Like after? Like so? I pretty much want to talk about that. If Snoke is kind of a clone from Luke, doesn't that make more sense? Why Force Awakens? Why he was so adamant about killing Luke? I mean, yeah, it would make sense,
1: and uh it still doesn't really make sense of Snoke's powers, though. Well, so because he he was the one that was connecting Rey and Kylo, where that is not been like a kind of a documented power in star wars canon up until this point it's in legends but it's not in star wars canon until snoke
0: uses that power the only thing i'm thinking of is that so if he has skywalker now this is us getting kind of sweaty and kind of just like doing a hypothesis of what they should have done is that snoke would have been at least no, he would have been 100% Sky, at least 100% Luke Skywalker. And he's older, so he's been around at this point when we would have seen him in Force Awakens about thirty five like 32 years, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In hiding, learning. Plus, he would have been an exical, learning from Sith acolytes, having all that archives to himself. Well, what would you have done for 30 years if you knew you were like the bloodline clone of one of the strongest Force using families of all time? Uh, obviously a deep dive train. into it. <laughs> yeah, train, study, lean into it. So that could have explained why he learned about how he could have done that whole force connection thing. Second, he's going to definitely want to be the superior one, so that's why he would have want to kill him. And third, it would have just made more sense of who he was and how, like, People were scared of him because he is literally like he is like how they did it in legend novels. He's a clone of Luke. So right. he would have just been strong. He would have been a Skywalker, even if he's not really a Skywalker or is a Skywalker uh, by cloning. My only issue is that they and Force Awak- um Force Unleashed, which is not canon the two video games, is that mm-hmm. it takes a lot for clones with Force abilities they showed in that game to get perfect. Like, I think Vader cloned, like, a thousand uh, Starkillers before he finally got one that could mentally be stable and survive. So it's kind of interesting. Like, so Snoke would have been, like, that one out of a thousand perfect clone.
1: Well, and to add, a like, a fourth thing to all that, if he was actually a clone of Luke and wanted to kind of one-up the original, it would make sense he would single out Kylo as someone to try to turn because it would have been, like, the ultimate FU to the original Luke.
0: Well, and we'll talk about that more, too, once we get into the George Lucas storyline of what he planned out. But the other thing, too, when you think about it is that... um, that also showed that Palpatine could get re-cloned too. If they could make a clone of Luke, then they could make a clone of body for Palpatine, because they still have not said exactly how Palpatine got his subconscious into a body, which I still find fascinating. Or at least maybe they took some of Palpatine's DNA and then made a clone out of him.
1: Well, yeah, there was a lot of signs pointing to the Palpatine we did see in Episode 9 was actually a clone. Yeah. There's no way he could live for that long, because that was, what, like you said, 30 years after Vader throws him down that shaft?
0: Yeah, and also, he went down a shaft and exploded, so there's no way his actual body is him. So, the thing is, how did he discover how to put his self-conscious into another body? Mm -hmm. His force essence, should I say, if we're going to look at it, or his soul.
1: Right, because, yeah, I mean, that whole time he was hooked up to a machine anyways in order to survive, so
0: it was... just. An unstable clone at best. And they just say that one line that was great unethical dark side abilities. <laughs> or whatever the I don't I don't know the exact quote, but it was just like you know exactly it was like something Bablet would talk like this simply like it's unnatural. <laughs> What some would consider a natural. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad I'm telling you, Ron, um, and all everyone else, You know, if you don't want to go out, definitely go out, and support your local comic book shops and buy it. But if you're kind of on the fringe about whether or not they're having it, um, people do post them on YouTube. Um, some of them are great. Some do voiceovers. My favorite are just like where they sit on the page for like 10 to 15 seconds with like epic music playing behind it as you read it. This Vader comic series, um, there's a couple that we saw. This one is one of my favorites um, because you see him go back to Naboo and try and find Padme, and he had to go up against a bunch of Padme bodyguards, all of her lookalikes. Mm-hmm. And, dude, that that was heartbreaking because he did not want to kill them. That took place um, uh, after Episode 4 when he found out he had a son. So yeah. that was pretty cool. It seems
1: like these comics, like deep dive A lot into Vader, which is what we never really got. So,
0: no, that's why I've always said a Vader TV series with Hayden Christensen, and it just sucks, but like I'll accept it. If he, James Earl Jones, you know, they don't want to use him anymore or they're worried about like the Vader voice. There's so many voice actors that you could like just change the depth on their voice and they could be Darth Vader for a TV live action series,
1: right? I mean, they even made James Earl Jones's voice deeper when his is already a really deep voice.
0: Yeah, point exactly. <laughs> um, so let's get into why I am so happy Star Wars is back in my life right now. Uh, the Bad Batch, episode one, 70 minutes, which I totally forgot about until I queued I it up after work. <laughs> and, dude, I've, I have I don't realize how much I miss something until I watch it again. I miss the shit out of Clone Wars. I would even take Rebels, too, because Dave Filoni is a genius. There were so many good little Easter eggs and now I'm glad why they showed Caleb Dune and his master, uh aka Canon Juris in the last season of Clone Wars. They were just teasing it. And we didn't we didn't know it. We were stupid, but we didn't know it.
1: Yeah, it was cool to actually see how kind of Kanan got his hate of clones because from Rebels, we knew that obviously he was there when his master died, but we actually get to see it take place now.
0: Well, like even in the comics, um, there was a comic series all about the night the Order 66 happened for Kanan. And this is different because it doesn't take place at night. And I liked how I know I just said read the comics, but the comics will change um, when they do stuff like comics are like, I like to call it soft canon. But then whatever goes on live action video or video games and TV will overplace the comics. This one I thought was way better done. Um, the only crappy thing was that you kind of saw him actually like bond with the clones in the comics, like talking to him by a campfire and all that great stuff. But with this, I thought it was way more heartbreaking to a certain degree because you got to actually see his personality. And I don't know if that was Freddie Prince Jr. doing the voice again. It sounded a hell of a lot like him, though.
1: I mean, it might have been. I, I feel like he's a big name to bring in for like 30 seconds of screen time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, I, I love this opening though, know, reintroducing the 99 Force Group um the part like i love doing the clone wars introduction uh with the voiceover work oh going on on da. yeah the war efforts <laughs> continue like i love that that's the thing i miss about clone wars so much it's just that 1940s going on for more the boys in blue <laughs> yeah
1: the newsreel type guy going on. yeah
0: but seeing there's how 99 bad batch is just so op as shit I thought it was excellent, this opening battle scene with these guys and, like, no other reinforcements you're getting. But just setting us exactly just like how Episode Eight is, we are right on the crisp of uh, Order 66 happening.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I I love how every time the bad batch comes up, it's like these Jedi are expecting like a whole platoon of like reinforcements, and no, you get five people. That's all yeah. you're gonna need.
0: <laughs> right, and then uh, how how'd you like the whole execute order six to eight six? How'd you like all that?
1: Uh, I loved it, and. I actually, like, I think I enjoyed it more that one of the Bad Batch actually, like, still had their chip intact.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go more into crosshairs as uh, we talk into this, but definitely, yes. Um, I did not see that curveball coming. No, um, it adds so much depth to the story, though. But the great thing is, though, I liked how four of the five of the Bad Batch are okay, So you kind of see how much these clones that we watched in the Clone Wars all had personalities, you know, distinct haircuts, markings on their faces, et cetera, et cetera. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we saw it a lot in uh, Season 7 of Clone Wars is that their personalities are gone.
1: Yeah, after Order 66, they mm-hmm. are just robots
0: at that point. Yeah, exactly. They're mindless drones. They're they're essentially, yeah, they're like battle droids, mm-hmm. except for with way more skill. And the scene of where Hunter and Crosshairs are trying to chase down Caleb, and you knew something off was up about Hunter. Like, at first, when he first shot at Caleb in the trees, I thought he was trying to stun him, because, you know, I see Blue, and I instantly think stun, but then I remembered that ion blasts are more effective against droids and I'm like oh shit he's trying to kill him you're you're
1: talking crosshairs
0: now yeah crosshairs when he was trying to kill him and Hunter's like dude what are you doing like stop it like we don't know what the order is we've never heard of order 66 and we also don't follow orders that's our stick.
1: right yeah and I I love how Hunter was still trying to figure out what was going on just like Caleb and just like everyone else, where crosshairs like you just you just saw like his personality turn off. Even though he he probably had the least personality out of the bad batch, it just turned
0: off. Right. Uh I will say this the last thing uh with Kanan. I'd like the you could see a lot of foreshadowing like in his movements, the way he held the lightsaber, the lightsaber, of course, being exactly what he had in Rebels, but I like how you could tell that that's Kanan. Like, just from his demeanor and you remind me a lot of uh Ezra and that makes sense why him and Ezra bonded so much cuz he was a lot like Ezra mm-hmm. well when yeah a padawan cuz normally- no fear ready to go do whatever they say
1: well yeah and normally like other than anakin and Ahsoka, a lot of the jedi did not really get attached to the clones and you could see like because ezra got attached to everyone he met and then you saw caleb was kind of the same way when he was younger it's like hey these are my friends like i brought help and we
0: even saw that in uh fallen order too yeah. Uh you played Fallen Order, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. It was it, it reminded me a lot too of um I want to say his name's not Caleb but some super uh Cal what's
1: What? Are you talking about Cal Custos?
0: Yeah, Cal was the same way too. If you in that beginning of that uh first level, you could go up to clones and they were all talking to him like like he was like the little brother. hmm So yeah, that that's the heartbreaking thing about these clones. But, uh, as we fast forward into it, uh, we'll just speed it up. them landing on the planet. they notice the shock troopers who are royal guards for the uh Coruscant and all that stuff for Palpatine. you see the dead Jedi drop its lightsaber. Nobody knows who this Jedi could be right now. um, a lot of people think it's the Padawan, one of the Padawans from uh Clone Wars, which would break my heart because You're I right. remember all of them are gonna be dead at this point. uh, the one that looks like Kit fist though. Yep. From Kip Fisto's rage, uh race, a lot of people think that's who it was, and that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, that really does suck. Like, damn, dude. If there would have been a Wookiee par dropping with a wooden lightsaber, I think I would have just been like, oh my god. Well, I don't remember
1: Shock T ever having an apprentice just because it yeah, was
0: stationed on Camino
1: and Shakti was killed by Grievous, so... Yeah, in a deleted scene.
0: Yeah. um, And she's been killed, like, three different freaking times. Yeah. She has. <laughs> like, she's been killed by Grievous, uh Anakin, and also Starkiller. So <laughs> nobody <laughs> really knows, and I think that would be cool if she's still alive in this show. Like, this is how they finally kill off permanently. Like, this is how Shakti died. And the Bad Batch TV show. Like, there's going to be some kind of art uh, thing where she gets killed. I think that's I think that's going to be, like, the big surprise of this season going into predictions. Um, but seeing Palpatine do his whole speech thing, I love where they're setting this up in the storyline. So, like, the Anakin-Obi-Wan fight still hasn't happened yet. Yeah, this is
1: taking place right after Kenobi killed Grievous.
0: Right. Because uh, Tech even said, like, hey, if Grievous falls, this war is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the hints at that and all that cool stuff. And then when Tarkin shows up, I forgot how much Tarkin really was like the OG bad guy of Star Wars before he got blown up in a Death Star. <laughs> it was like, yeah, Tarkin was not a guy. Like if he would have survived that Death Star battle, I think the Empire probably could have won.
1: Honestly, I think so. Other than uh, Thrawn, Tarkin
0: was the guy. Yeah, it goes Tarkin, Thrawn, and then um, guy who designed the Death Star. Jesus, why can't I think of names right now? Kronik.
1: No, he didn't design it. He, uh, Arso designed it.
0: Yeah, I know, but is the one who oversaw it, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you would have had those three the whole time alive during the whole Civil War, would I have been mean, different story. Yeah, honestly, uh, the Empire was a lot more
1: organized under those three. I don't think Palpatine ever actually really got his hands dirty.
0: Um, what do you think, though, as we go on, we see the debut of omega who ends up being uh, another enhanced clone female so she's not the last clone but she's the last enhanced kind of clone where the caminos have like kind of i feel like built uh at least one of the caminos have built like a safe plan like hey she hits the fan this girl's so op she could help us because they're kind of sensing that she can sense people's abilities but i loved her whole thing with the bad batch how she was like hey what's up guys (laughs) right and all of them were like, uh, ew, children,
1: no, get away.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, like, by the way, Hunter is one of the best clones. I don't know why, but like, I think I just like him because A, he looks like uh, Rambo and B, his face paint. <laughs> if I could have that in Call of Duty, that's exactly what my character would look like in Call of Duty Warzone.
1: Well, that and why I like him, he reminds me so much of Rex. Like, he puts on that hard facade, but he probably has, like, the biggest heart of all the clones other than Rex.
0: I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly, that's why I can't wait for Rex to show up in the show um, as they teased in the trailer. It, Do you it, think that's where they're going right off the bat here? Possibly, um, but I see them becoming, they're going to be on the run Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot like Prison Break, where they're gonna have to like their ship, they're gonna have to ditch that. They have plenty of weapons and supplies, but they're gonna have to do some bounty hunting. And I think, uh, as they showed Fennec in the trailer, I don't think Fennec's hunting them, but I think they're gonna have they're gonna go after the same bounty, and Fennec's gonna be competing with them.
1: That'd be kind of cool, but uh, back to Omega real quick, um, because. I mean, she's going to be the centerpiece of this show. Um, I thought it was interesting how the Kaminoans were actually like very, very protective of her. So it's either like you said, like her abilities are just like off the charts or uh, as I think we predicted in a previous episode, they might have made her so they can continue the Jango Fett genome because it got stretched so far in making all these clones.
0: Right. And the one thing we kind of teased that, and I remember it from, I think, Battlefront 2, there was a mission where uh, the Empire had to go to Camino and take care of the is, uh and go to the cloning facility and wipe out the rest. There, if they do this in this show, where we get to see clones versus Imperial soldiers, like the Caminos have their, their own private army of clones. I will be so fucking happy. <laughs> like, dude, you know how cool that scene will be? Like, seeing Stormtrooper clones versus fucking right, like, clones with personality. Like, this special battalion of Caminos who was like, Nope, you guys want to fuck us over? We'll fuck you guys up now.
1: Well, I mean, you kind of see that, too, with uh, Lama Sue and the uh, Prime Minister of Kamino. They're like hey, we need to kind of have our, like, shit together in case the Empire kind of screws us here.
0: Yeah, because I liked how talking was like, no, your contract was with the Republic, with the Empire. Yeah, the Republic no longer
1: exists. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and we know we can save money by just getting recruited straight out of high school. I mean, (laughs) like, they they said straight up, like, we're trying to cut costs. Right. So if we can just recruit a bunch of humans, then we don't need you guys. Yeah, you know, we need more star destroyers and a lot less clones. Exactly. Um, but I like the whole uh lunch scene. Uh, that was the other thing with like seeing them fight and talking, and being intrigued by them. But that training sequence where he was testing them, I think showed like how badass these guys are. Right because yeah they had like stun
1: bullets that they were going up against droids in the second part of that training but Ooh,
0: by the way live ammunition those <laughs> droids look a lot like shadow tro- uh dark troopers
1: that's what I was thinking too I'm like oh you paint those black and uh they're the dark troopers from Mandalorian mm-hmm. but yeah it was crazy the uh ways they had to come up with in order to take out down these like super droids without like actually having ammunition.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was well done. It, they're just showing like how every from Echo, Tech, Hunter, Crosshairs, and Wrecker, when these guys are on the same page, there's nothing that can stop these guys. Mm-hmm. But that's what's the heartbreaking thing with Crosshairs is that you're seeing him more and more acting like a reg, as they like to call it. A yep. uh, regular clone who's been turned over because we come to find out his ship's the only one that's somewhat working.
1: Yeah, and then the Tarkin puts him in a like puts him under a procedure and enhances it, so he's gonna be the one that follows orders the most out of even the like all the regs.
0: Yeah, and you could see though, um, especially during that mission when Tarkin sends them to Onderon, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. And he's like, I need you to kill these guys. And you think they're going up against a bunch of uh, separatists and droids. And it turns out to be Saul Guerrera. Um <laughs> Always appears. Always. Yeah, Saul Guerrero is the most interesting Star Wars character now with this new canon and Clone Wars. Yeah, that whole speech where he's just like, You're going to kill a bunch of kids and innocent people, really? This is right. what you're going to do? And Crosshairs had no issue doing it. Like I can kill all of you right now and yeah. not bad an eye.
1: That damn chip because other than that, I think he would have had a conscience and like you said, they don't follow rules. That's the last thing well, they
0: do. And the crazy point is before he got like more uh brainwashed is that he was fighting it. Like he wanted to do it, but he was still listening to Hunter. Mm-hmm. like and omega even said like i know what you're gonna do because you can definitely sense feelings she's like and i'm sorry yeah it's not your fault yeah like everything is this is not your fault and that that was heartbreaking but yeah this this show is gonna be so interesting going forward like the whole escape uh crosshairs being like an early dark trooper or uh death trooper Mm -hmm. is super badass to me i think if anything if he doesn't get killed in the show i feel like he's the one who like takes over death troopers or at least his dna becomes death troopers yeah it's gonna be really
1: interesting what they do with him. i kind of hope he like snaps out of it at the end i mean well one i hope we get more than one season of this but if we don't and it's like a one-off series i really hope he does get turned around at the end because it's like the bad batch isn't
0: the same without their sharpshooter agreed and by the way, he does look badass in all that black.
1: Yeah, he does. I, I love that suit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, their helmets and the designs. Wreckers is my favorite. But like when they're like in their normal gear, I just like his helmet. I like how he painted it and all that stuff. And his character's is a little bit over the top with how dumb they made him. Like he's kind of like Incredible Hulk from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> right. But I, I, I like it a lot. I'm like, whatever. He's Wrecker. Uh, so Ron, are you ready? Are we ready to have our hearts broken? Because you teased this a couple weeks ago. Uh, our last episode when Ray, uh, you told me the whole Ray spinoff show, and I'm like, nope, don't want it, don't want it. (laughs) But yeah, I've never heard you
1: go off on a rant like that. But uh, we might get another one.
0: (laughs) Uh, no, I think this is way better. I'm gonna be calm, cool, collected because I'm not getting thrown. And uh, I also watch um. There's a three minute clip. I don't know what it's from, but I watched it. George Lucas and James Cameron sitting down and talking and James Cameron's interviewing George Lucas. It's three minutes long explaining how he wrote Star Wars and what this sequel trilogy was missing. And dude, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. I'll probably post it on our Facebook page because I feel like not a lot of people have seen it. But it's fantastic. You're going to have to walk me through it and you're going to get my genuine reaction. All right. So (laughs) before we go into it, George Lucas and James Cameron are sitting down and they're talking about like difference between science fiction and all this. And the two ways you can go about it. And George Lucas said, I'm a 1984 kind of guy. Like I wrote Star Wars in a certain way. And James Cameron's like, the great thing about what you did with Star Wars is that you made rebels who would be considered Al-Qaeda and terrorists nowadays, and George Lucas stops him. He's like, well, back then they were called Viet Cong. And he's like, that's how I wrote The Rebels. And he's like, it just lacked depth. And the thing that attracted him to spaceships and all that was cars. It's so like, I always wanted to go fast. So that's how I kind of, and you kind of see that, that's how he wrote The Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon was probably the a 1950s T-bucket hot rod that could go zero to 60 back then in four seconds. Right. So that's when you look at the Millennium Falcon, that is a classic muscle car. That's why it's so fucking cool. <laughs> and he just goes into it like this was just lacking depth. But then um, the book, uh, this uh, shit, I didn't write down the notes. Uh, the Star Wars book that came out, uh, we had this guy kind of ghostwriting him and interviewing him. He wanted the sequel trilogy. The first trilogy was about the father. Three through six was about the son. Six through nine was going to be about the daughter and the grandkids. Really? Yes. So what he wanted to do was like Luke literally was going to rebuild the Jedi Order just like they did. And he was going to take three, you know, like three-year-old kids, four-year-old kids, rebuild it. So that way, when we saw them 20 to 30 years later, they're going to be fully trained Jedi. Okay. And um, he was going to have a kid. uh, I believe her name was... I believe her name was Kyron, or I- I'm probably saying it wrong. But she ended up becoming Ray in kind of the sequel trilogy. Uh, but what was going to happen is that, and if you watch Clone Wars and um, Rebels and the solo story, Maul was going to be the big bad. But he was going to have who was a legendary character as his apprentice was Darth Talon. I don't remember. So Darth Talon and Maul would have been the big bads for the sequel trilogy.
1: Was Talon introduced anywhere?
0: Yeah, Talon. Uh, Talon. Talon was gonna be Darth Maul's apprentice. I mean, like,
1: was Talon from a Legends series?
0: Or yeah. Something? So Talon was a legend. She's a red looking Twi uh Twilight or Twiely, however you want to say it. Okay. But um, Kira and Sam, who uh, were like the children looking out for him, so Kira is pretty much turning the Ray, and this other character named Sam were written out of it. And he would have trained these two characters like Obi-Wan taught him. And Luke wasn't supposed to die until episode 9. Well, yeah, so Luke would have been around till the end.
1: Luke was the most misused part of the entire
0: sequel. But the thing is, though, is that Lucas sat down with the original uh, actors before... Because, you know, they signed on, and once they signed on, Disney bought them. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had this whole thing laid out, and that's why all of them were going to come back. Like So Han, because it's Harrison Ford, and he wanted to die in Episode 5, Han was going to die, and that was going to spark all this stuff going forward. So was Han and Leia still going to have a kid? Yep. They were going to have kids. Um, all that kind of great stuff. Uh, hang on, double-checking all that. Uh, Yeah, they were going to have the kids, so they were going to, like, he was taking things just like, you know, how Marvel takes away from the comics. Mm -hmm. This was how it was going to be.
1: That's already better than anything we saw in the sequel trilogy, so I would have been down for what you've said so far. And just any any mall sighting is, like, must-watch TV for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to post this on Star Wars Theory so they go more in-depth on it. I mean, Star Wars Theory is our Palpatine, as I joke around. I'm definitely going to start blowing him up, constantly see if we can try and get him on the show one day. Um, but he said at one point, Maul was going to have his spider legs again. And then the next time we saw Maul, he was going to get regular legs and look like like a superhero, going to be like seven foot tall, like <laughs> imposing as shit and has the whole underworld. So instead of an Empire 2.0, it was going to be like, he was slowly building the underworld of all of these smugglers, spies, and bounty hunters to be loyal to him and that they were taking over the universe like the Mafia. So it's pretty much going to be Mafia ran by Darth Maul.
1: Yeah, so Crimson Dawn 2.0.
0: Yep. Also, Anakin was going to be like a tormented... Uh, You wanted Anakin to be in there, but he was going to be tormented Force Ghost that was half Anakin half Darth Vader. That would have been interesting. So, like, his personality is going to be split depending on how he was feeling whenever he showed He's,
1: up. he would be the angel and devil on the shoulder. Like, do it. No, you know, exactly. Do and it would have been great.
0: <laughs> but the cool thing was, though, is that it was going to show that Leia was truly the chosen one. Because, you know, as I said, bring balance of force with her being, she was going to become Supreme Chancellor of the Republic.
1: Yeah, that would have made sense.
0: Right. I mean, I don't know what else you remember because you were the one who pitched this. But like, was there anything else that you specifically remember that you like that would have been way better?
1: Obviously, Maul is the villain. Like, get rid of Palpatine completely. Like, he did not need to be in there. Um. So from what I saw, like, Kylo would have never existed. I mean, if he was, he was going to be just one of the Jedi uh Luke trains. But yeah, from what I saw, it was Maul as the big bad throughout the three films, and um, it was Leia in the end bringing balance to the whole universe by being the Supreme Chancellor. And Luke not dying and being completely misused. I think he was actually supposed to die in a fight with Maul, like saving the kids or saving the Yeah, uh, because the kids so the book the
0: apprentices. By the way, the book that we're getting all this information from was called Star Wars Archives, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand five and it's available now. I'm pretty sure it's it's got a nice price tag to it, so why I'm asking for for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. But he pretty much he wanted to make this, but then he thought he wanted to do it like um he, he's like, All right, I don't wanna make it, but also last time I let people I respect and I know could do a good job. I was still on set every day and he was 69 and he's like, you know what? I just want to enjoy life. So that's why pretty much the reason he sold it. And we're starting to see um, sellers remorse from Lucas as he gets older. We're starting to notice.
1: Well, yeah, because Kathleen Kennedy butchered everything,
0: What's and Kathleen like, Kennedy is a good friend of his. Like, Which I'm great. pretty sure she was like on set for like, oh, like with you know, she was there for uh, Indiana Jones and E.T. So, like, because Steven Spielberg and Lucas literally were like the princes of Hollywood throughout yep. the '70s and '80s of being like one-two punch. Like, hey, you have these two guys do it, he, and Lucas is like. I I could just write the story, but I'm going to be there on set because he he said he I am a micromanager.
1: I mean, you can see that through all the documentaries of the
0: original Star Wars movies like he was. Well, even the prequel Star Wars, like the episode one documentary is fantastic to watch all the time. And I'm not saying the prequels are amazing, but as I get older, I respect more of what he was trying to do.
1: Yeah, there was there was points just where he failed, but I think the general idea shined through and I think it was really like personified in Dialogue. Clone wars. Well, at that end with the Clone yeah. Wars with Filoni
0: coming on, it really gave new depth to Well, he prequels. Would, with the thing with Clone Wars is that he worked on it, but he had a guy like Filoni, a.k.a. his Anakin, working in, or I always even say Luke, like helping him out, like make shit make sense because they used to go to Wikipedia. And they would be writing up storylines and going off of like what was in novels and stuff and be like, I like that. Let's make that canon now, but make it better.
1: Well, yeah, that's what you were saying earlier in the episode. It's like the comics and the Legends series like, lay these groundworks for uh, a storyline. And then Lucas or, or Favreau or Filoni end up just enhancing it and like running with it. So that's it's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, this character, um, Kira, who I'm looking back over now more articles as we're doing this, double-checking my notes, she wasn't like a descendant, but she was like one of the Jedi team that Luke's been training like this whole time. And her and this other character named Sam were morphed pretty much in the Ray and Fan. So like Disney took certain things, but like they kind of butchered exactly what he wanted to do.
1: Well, I mean, I would have liked to see just Luke training Jedi instead of Ray, like from the minute her powers awaken, just becomes the strongest character on screen. I'm like, no. No, no, that's not how this works. Like she can well, have the more other cool ability, but come on now.
0: Okay, so this might make other people mad, but the late 2012 idea of Luke Skywalker is that he was haunted by the betrayal of one of his students. So that's why he put himself in exile in allergy. So he didn't try to kill Kylo Ren, but he saw it coming and he just ran. Because he's like, there's nothing I can do. I can't keep balance to the force. So what we kind of saw with the Ryan Johnson cut was pretty much what uh, Ryan Johnson cut, but uh, (laughs) episode eight was kind of like very into that. Yeah, and I wish they would have elaborated on that a little more. Well, and also I know we don't like this, but the Minnichorians thing was going to be kind of more part of episode seven. Uh, Lucas wanted to dive into the microbiotic world, world of all this, where viewers would learn more about the Force and the way it works. Yeah, and Lucas wanted to dig deeper. Yeah, he wanted to dig deeper into the science of minichlorians and the biological explanation of the force that was mentioned in the Phantom Mendes
1: And that would have made sense because Luke became obsessed with all that stuff. That's why well, he gathered all the old Jedi texts like he gathered texts from all across the galaxy in order to better to like try to explain things.
0: Well, even he said, um, so it's called, that interview is from James Cameron's 2018, The Story of Science Fiction book. Luke explained that his trilogy would have focused on the wills of the Force. And if you know the wills of the Force, it's kind of like the sacred text. We saw them in uh, Clone Wars Season 6 when Yoda's is learning to become a Force ghost. And we really got in-depth into the mythology and the legend of what the force is and how spiritual is. And this is a quote from him saying, back in the day, I used to say, ultimately, what this means is we're just cars, vehicles for the worlds to travel around it. We're vessels for them. This is like Lord of the Rings kind of shit. <laughs> right. Like this blows my mind.
1: And it would have made so much more sense because that is what I feel Star Wars has always been missing.
0: And I feel like that's what we're getting from Mandalorian with Baby Yoda, Grogu.
1: I hope so. Because, I mean, we've talked about this even, I think it was actually in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic episode. It's like we get introduced to these two sides of this religion and it's Jedi and Sith. But we never deep dive into either of them. And what Knights of the Old Republic did is it gave us a better background of the Sith, which is why I always found them more interesting. Because it finally started to just answer some like unexplained questions that we had.
0: Definitely. Um, but he also went on for like, he talked about his struggles and reaction to the prequels. And he told himself, he summed up his feelings pretty much in this, uh, the story of science fiction with James Cameron. If I held on to that company, I could have done it. Lucas told James Cameron. And then it would have been done. And of course, a lot of fans would have hated it, just like they did Phantom Menace and everything. But at least, and this is my favorite thing, but at least... The whole story from beginning to end would be told. Yeah, because we, we, you and me were '90s babies, and we grew up with the prequel trilogies. You know, we loved them as we were kids, and then we got pubes, and then we hated the prequel trilogy because you know that was the cool thing to do as a Star Wars fan. And we'll have to do. Uh, I think we'll maybe have to do a discussion about the prequels. But I've always said this: episode two sucks. I appreciate episode one, and then episode three I think is like the dark runner of like one of the better Star Wars films. It ages better because of Clone Wars. And that last 35 to 40 minutes is you're paying attention. You you don't look at your phone. Like even if you've seen it a million times, the last 30, 40 minutes of Revenge of the Sith is some of the best Star Wars ever.
1: Other than the original trilogy, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite movie.
0: Yep. And I, I still put it uh, above Rogue One. Um, yeah, we'll see. We're, we're going to have to do this discussion, like our top 10 Star Wars films and stuff like that and go in depth about it. Uh, but yeah, and this, it, it doesn't make me mad where I'm going to go on a rant about it. But just shows the lack of vision that Kathleen Kennedy they they shouldn't have done. Like I understand them getting three different directors, but they should have told them like just like Marvel, like Kevin Feige, why they get indie directors, like they have the script ready for these indie directors and tell them execute order sixty-six. Like fucking do this. <laughs> right. I and mean- then once we trust you, we'll give you more room to breathe. But we're gonna tell you exactly what to do because this is the story we're going for at the end game. No pun intended. Right, because it,
1: it was three separate stories throughout the movies. That's why the that's why the sequels sucked.
0: Well, dude, it's not even that all three of them suck. Force Awakens, I still hold as one of my favorites because it sets up so much, and then the sequels ruined Episode Seven. Like you remember how good Episode Seven felt? Like granted, it was like a soft reboot of Episode Four.
1: I was going to say, but, it, it seemed like they took way too much from the originals, but it held true to the universe. It held true to the like technology, how it would have jumped in time. But yeah, yeah. I, it was a
0: great introduction. Continua- like, yes,
1: it was a great continuation of the originals.
0: Like you got to see a stormtrooper who was learned, who's trained in hand-to-hand combat with weapons use a lightsaber. Like he wasn't amazing with it, but he knew how to use it. Like he knew how to fight with it. You had the ace pilot who was charismatic and like a Han Solo, but believed in his cause. And then you have the the hero story with Rey. Granted, she was a little OP, but you know what? There was intrigue. Why is she so OP? What's her bloodline? What's this? You have Snoke, the guy, the puppet master behind the shadow. And then you have Kylo Ren, the grandson of Vader, the son of Leia. And Han Solo. Kill Han Solo. It set it up perfectly where you could have told these next two stories and they just dropped the ball on it. And also on Nerd Radio, I did like episode nine at first. But guess what? I rewatched it twice and now I am. I I, I don't know why I liked it. I think I was just caught up in the buzz. And that's why I tell you sometimes I got to watch things two times before we review it. So that way I'm calm down, rewatch it, analyze it and figure out what I did or did not like because if i would have done that first review on nerd radio after uh i saw it a second time if i would have waited a week and then came back on and like watched the two movies a week apart cuz i saw them like in two day i saw it twice in back to back days yeah there- that movie had a lot of cool things but the only cool thing about the sequel trilogy in my opinion is kylo ren
1: yeah and the fact that he was completely underutilized as
0: well 100% cuz he should have been the big bad in episode 3 Right. Uh, and
1: I mean, even when you see him take over in episode two, it's like, OK, this is this is where we need to see like almost Anakin dying on the hill, like how angry he is. Like he just needs to be going on a like
0: murderous rampage. in episode, And we got that hinted nine. at and we only got like a taste of that in episode nine when he wipes out all those soldiers on Mustafar. Mm. Of that race that we didn't get a name of or why they were at Mustafar. Well, we knew why they were at Mustafar, but like it would have been cool just to know why and seeing him destroy everyone. But hell, even choke out a stormtrooper too. two. You know, it would have been cool.
1: But yeah, it was it was a mess, and that's why I'm like I was like you when I first saw episode nine. And I'm like I defended it, yep. and as and now going back, I'm like, man, they really lost
0: it. <laughs> they really did like i said there's cool moments i do like the kylo ren ray fight scene in that but mm-hmm. going back in between this and the colin Trevorrow treatment of what he wanted to do in episode three with ray getting blinded by kylo ren having double blade lightsaber and finn actually having a story and now i understand why that actor is so upset with how finn was betrayed because he should have been actually the real life hero of it like the main hero, uh, he had the coolest backstory and all that cool stuff, and they treated him like a sideshow comedy.
1: Yeah, after? him and Rose got completely written out of the third movie. Okay, Rose was a terrible character. Like, I'm not well, I understand that, on the but actress. When you- When you introduce us to a character like that and give her like huge screen time in episode eight, she doesn't even like appear for I think she's on screen for one scene in episode nine.
0: I think her runtime total, I think she has like three and a half minutes of screen time total in episode nine,
1: which is ridiculous because she was in about 70 percent of of episode eight.
0: Yeah. And her sister was, I think, more likable, but that's because you saw her catch a detonator and do the (laughs) job.
1: But yeah, it, it was it was a mess. Well, and on that I, note, I really wish Lucas would uh, just come back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to end it here for episode six Revenge of Lucas. Uh, be sure to follow us at Two Guys, One Lightsaber at Facebook. Or if there's any other news you want us to talk about Star Wars related, uh, I know we haven't talked a whole lot, but we're going to get right back into the Star Wars thing because I have other stuff I want to talk about. But. I just wanted us to talk about certain things. And you know, it's May of the fourth week. So I wanted to make sure we covered certain topics. But if there's anything video game news related, comic book news related, feel free to send it to us at two guys one lightsaber at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Post all you want. I will allow it on our Facebook page at 2Guys One Lightsaber as well. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Take it easy, y'all.